Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening to this show. The show is AV Insider. Thanks for listening. It's a uh, show hosted and, sorry, not hosted, (laughs) a show sponsored by Tascam. Thanks, Tascam. We appreciate uh, your your sponsorship, and I love your gear. I'm sitting and recording with it currently. As I mentioned, the show is AV Insider, a show that can be found at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a long-time listener, first caller, you get to call in later on the show. Just kidding. We don't have a call-in number yet. But if you'd like to, I'll give it to you later. Anyway, I have a special guest, as I always do. Uh, this gentleman has been on the show, not this show, another Ray Radio show recently at Infocom, the Trade Show Minute, also sponsored by Tascam. Uh, today I have Danny Shatskis. Danny, hopefully I said your name correctly. Oh, one more time. You know, I think I lost your audio there. I think you might possibly be on mute. Can you try that one more time? Yeah, no, you nailed it. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Now I can. Um, yeah, perfect. Uh, Danny, you are the sole proprietor and owner, inventor, creator of Geek Gear, correct? That is correct. Yep. Okay. So other people, we can head over head over to the other show, the Trade Show Minute, which we did uh, a bunch of at Infocom recently for a basic overview or what I'd like to do in the beginning is before we kind of get into the company background, I'd like to know who I'm talking with, uh, maybe some of your background, maybe gig gear is your first uh, company, your first job in the industry or first job ever. I'm unsure of that story, but I'd like to know a little bit about your past. So that way the listeners can kind of get an understanding of who it is we're speaking with, what your experience is in our industry and uh, leading up to gig gear. Sure. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, if I was going to start anywhere, I would just say I'm, I'm first and foremost a musician. Uh, I've been playing music since I'm uh, six years old. Uh, I'm a multi-instrumentalist, and that has pretty much set me on the path that, that I've been on for my entire life. Um, but uh, early on, I, I was playing instruments, and then, you know, if you kind of jump ahead to, I guess, high school, when you're, when you're the person who's in all the bands and everything like that, you inevitably also become the person that has to set up the PA system every time something is needed, um, you know, within the school. Uh, so kind of learning how to use that equipment uh, on the fly becomes really important and a necessity. I wouldn't say I knew what I was doing then, but, you know, we just kind of plug cables in until something works and you go from there. So that's kind of <laughs> That didn't work. Let's try this one. Right, exactly. You know, I think we must have blown a few tube amps at the time. Also, I remember vividly one particular jam session we were having, uh, and a, a tube amp started smoking, and we knew we did something wrong. But it was still pretty cool because that's rock and roll. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, kind of jump forward from there. I was actually uh, on my way to uh, going to medical school. Um, I was pre-med in college and all that, and I kind of had this epiphany cool. one day. Um, where I realized that, you know, I was always kind of procrastinating and pushing everything else off while I was playing music and doing support. I had, I had uh, you know, in my later years in high school, I had started getting into little four tracks. Uh, at the time, they were, I know Tascam was your sponsor. Well, I was using a, a Tascam Porta Studio to record. Nice. On a four track, yeah. That's what I started on. Uh, and I kind of just, and this was all just learning on my own, trial and error, figuring things out. So um, I was really with the recording side of, of, of music and, and, and I guess uh, spoken word and things like that. Um, and like I said, in college, I had this epiphany where I said, you know, I, I, as much as I love the sciences and medicine, 
I need to be working in the audio and music space. Um, I applied to uh, the NYU Music Technology Graduate Program, got in, and that started me on path for working in this industry. Um, and then from there, I started my own small production company out of a bedroom in my house uh, called Harmony Studios, and everything from recording, editing, mixing, um, and then live sound as well, and, and rentals. And, and um, you know, I was doing the live sound, renting out gear, whatever it was, and that kind of grew um, from there. So at one point in there, I actually took a job as a buyer for a, a large e-commerce uh, consumer electronics uh, operation. Amazon, and, got it. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> within that time, th th what they wanted to do was they want to try to emulate what some of the other consumer electronics work had done, which was bring in a pro audio side of their operation. Um, okay added music to it as well, which a number of consumer electronics stores have done successfully. And they tried to do that. Uh, so they brought me in to do it, um, not necessarily with the buying experience, which I was taught on the job, but more with the just expertise on the equipment side of things. Um, and I made, I was only there for two years, um, but I, I made a, a lot of contacts in the industry, learned a ton um, about the industry, both again, pro audio, music, um, and then as well as within the consumer um, and pro AV side of things as well while I was there just being in that environment. Uh, I left after two years because I really wanted to make then Harmony Studios, you know, my full-time gig. I really wanted to expand it out and have it become everything that I was doing. Um, so I, you know, kept those contacts, created a retail side of the operation, uh, not, not a retail storefront, but just uh, now with the, the background working in, in a retail setting, um, and all the contacts that I had at manufacturers and wholesalers, I, with Harmony Studios, I, I uh, added a resale side. So not, now my clients could also purchase equipment from me. So I added lines to what I was able to offer them. Um, started doing installations as well, small things, um, you know, PA systems for auditoriums or things like that in schools. Um, and then one of the things that I did a lot of was uh, I did a lot of live sound for weddings and concerts and things like that. Okay. In all the years that I've been doing this kind of work, I kind of have always kept a list of products that I thought would be great to have while on the job. Um, and I always assume that these are, you know, such no brainer things that somebody's going to do it eventually. Uh, and one of those things was a, a, a pair of work gloves designed specifically for production professionals. Um, the, the reason being, a lot of guys in the industry don't necessarily wear gloves when they're working, although they should be, right? I mean, we're lifting heavy equipment, we're moving hot stuff around very often. But to me, it seems like if I'm going to Home Depot or something like that and buying a, or, or any other hardware store and buying a generic pair of work gloves, inevitably, I would end up having to take them off every few minutes because I go from one minute having to lift the, or move a rotate or lift a heavy speaker or raise a truss, and then the next second, I've got to press some tiny button or, or some tiny knob and have to take them off, put them back on, take them off, put them on. Eventually, you don't wear them at all, or you lose one, you drop one, you put it aside. Um, and that's, of course, you know, um, Murphy's Law. That's when your hands are going to get hurt, right? You know, whatever can go wrong. Um, so that's when you're going to get an injury. It seemed to me that if you had a glove designed for what we do, not wearing gardener's gloves or mechanic's gloves or, or, or construction gloves, which are designed for what those people do, 
then that would make a lot of sense. So that little idea kind of kept creeping to the top of my list and it came to fruition when there was this one gig that I was working. It was a wedding and at the end of the, the gig, I was, I was uh, you know, I was uh, uh, tearing down the whole, the whole sound system and the drummer is cleaning up his kit and he's wearing a really thin pair of, of black gloves and, and the guitarist walks over and says, hey, what are you wearing over there? And he said, oh, I've got these gloves at, uh, I don't know, some, you know, big chain hardware store. And he says, I got these over over there and they're great, you know, I, I, they're amazing grip and uh, I don't worry that I'm ever going to drop any of my cymbals or my drums while I'm packing up. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, well, that's great that you're not going to drop them, but they were as thin as could be. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you do if you smash your hand against the wall while you're doing that? You're a drummer, you know, you're out of the gig. Those gloves aren't offering you any protection. And that's when I realized that what we really need is a glove that's dexterous, that offers protection where it's needed, but at the same time gives you all the functionality that you need in order to do your work without yeah. having to take them off. Right. And so I, I, in earnest, started looking into how I could create a glove that could do that. Um, I spent about a year doing research on, on starting with a template of some glove that I found somewhere and then modifying and, and, and all that. Eventually, I created the first pair of uh, what are now gig gloves, and uh, that's how Gig Gear started in, in 2014. I incorporated in uh, July, at the end of July of 2014. Uh, we got the first trial production run in, in October of 2014, and we just we started with two different sizes, one version of the gloves, just to test the market. Um, and that kind of brings me to where you know that's where the company started. Okay, so thank you. That, that, that's your, your background, which actually sounds like a, a lot involved in uh, live and installed sound, right? Staging, things like that, right? right. And, and a musician, which is, which is great. I like uh, hearing stories about music. I was actually just writing a blog about how uh, music matters and why it matters to me, basically, right? Something I, I've grown up my whole life playing multiple interest, instruments, always mm -hmm. having some sort of playback device, uh, sort of setting the soundtrack to life, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everyone experienced it differently. So th that's your story up to the birth of Gig Lugs, which you're saying roughly about 2014, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. So uh, with that, that, the birth of the Gig Gloves and the company Gig Gear was created. And that's where we are today to the story of Gig Gear. So with that, let's talk a little bit about the, the products that your company Gig Gear offers right obviously we have gig gloves and uh as far as i can tell at gig-gear.com you have three versions of that uh the gloves you were just speaking on behalf of mm -hmm. correct so why don't we go through the the generations of the glove from the original to the the next set and the third set that uh, is offered sure, and why sure. they're different and why why you have three versions yeah absolutely um so like i said we started with one the, the original gig gloves we started with uh one kind and, and just in two sizes because again you know if you're going to start a company you don't want to you know invest a ton of money only to find out that hey this great idea that you thought you had guess what nobody else really thinks it's a great idea <laughs> got a ton of uh inventory on your hand and you don't know what to do it so right. um, we had just those two sizes our first production run <clears throat> excuse me was only uh 300 pairs of gloves 150 pairs on each side which you know is really really small peanuts but i, I needed to have something um we had already um, purchase space for a booth at that winter, that upcoming winter NAM show, which was um, uh, twenty, you know, January twenty fifteen in Anaheim, uh, as kind of like the launching pad for the product. Okay. Um, excuse me, and we brought the gloves there. 
uh, made a nice, I wouldn't say it was a huge splash, but we made a nice little splash with a, with a, a great group of initial uh, customers and, and early adopters who got it right away. And that was the thing that I saw at the first trade show that we did. We do a lot of trade shows now, but that first NAMM show, the first thing that I saw was that when people put them on, they got it immediately. They understood this is going to help me a ton. This is going to change the way that I can load in, load out, set up, tear down, install, whatever it was. Um, and that was a big moment because, you know, one of the things I realized is, hey, I need to get these gloves onto people's hands and not just show them pictures of them because it, 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 there's a difference there. Right. So uh, we did that show um, with those 300 pairs. A couple months later, I ended up ordering, you know, a thousand more or a couple thousand more, something like that, because they were selling through pretty quickly. Still staying in those originals, um, in in uh, you know just the two sizes, and then uh, one of the next shows we did was an AES show later that year. We also did a, a USITT show, which is a, a theater technology, United States Institute of Theater Technology, and there you're talking about the stage crews, you know, the stage hands, the theater tech, the lighting, um, all the people working backstage helping to put on a show, and they absolutely loved our gloves. I mean, we did that show, and they were flying out of the booth. I didn't bring nearly enough with me. We sold out on the first day of the show, what we had with us. But the big thing that I got from them at that time was that they needed an all black glove. Sorry. That's all right. I gave you a little break there for a second. Um, yeah. So what I got at the USITT show was that they needed an all black glove. And I didn't mention this, but the original gig gloves were designed um, with a, what, what's called on the back of the gloves is TPR, thermoplastic rubber. And what that is, that's impact resistance and impact protection. <clears throat> is, is that for up to a certain rating of impact? Um, the ones that we have, we haven't tested or rated um, in any way, just because there's, there's an enormous expense to that. Um, and to be brutally honest, we're still in a startup phase and that's not a kind of a cost we can incur right now to, you know, so hopefully one day we will get them actually rated for certain um, specs. But right now it's just kind of a blanket impact protection. Okay. Uh, I've got anecdotal stories from customers that I could share at some point. Uh, which sure. Makes us very proud, but you know we could do that after if we can. Um, but the original gig gloves, the TPR on the back was yellow. And the idea behind that was a lot of production professionals um, work in low light environments. And even within the space, if you're working you know, on an install, let's say in a new building, Mm. Um, very often, you know, the lighting isn't necessarily installed the way it is. It could be very low light. So the idea was that in addition to all the protection, we also wanted to provide high visibility so that not only you can see your hands, but other people can too, so they don't accidentally put something down on it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but what we heard back from the theater industry was, hey, these are great, but we need an all black version because you've got people there working in the wings of the stage um, or on catwalks above and they need to be all black and visible to the audience. So that's when we set into motion coming out with a new version of gig gloves, which is the Onyx line. Okay. Uh, and that's the second version that came out and that is completely all black. And one of the things about our gloves which people love, there are other gloves out there that are all black gloves. First of all, they don't contain the features that ours have, um, but ours are completely black. A lot of companies out there have black work gloves, but you know, their logo, they have a tag or a logo on the glove that's really um, inconveniently bright white or bright yellow, I guess, for the marketing purposes. Yeah. Um, but people who need their gloves to be in all black, they inevitably end up sharpening that out. 
which is just an annoyance. So we made our gloves completely black um, and everything was matte finish, so there's nothing reflective. Um, and then the third version that we came out with was, there's a lot of people who are working uh, outdoors, either for outdoor shows and festivals, outdoor installations, whatever the case may be. But if you're working in cold weather, if you've ever tried working with a, a bulky winter glove, uh, it might offer you warmth, but it doesn't necessarily give you the protection you need. Or you might be wearing a protective glove that doesn't offer you warmth. So what we did was we just made a version of our gloves with an internal layer of fleece. Um, and we called those thermo gloves. So now for all the people that were working outdoor um, jobs, uh, they had a work glove that gave them all the same features as our original gloves. But uh, now they you know, also had the, the warmth inside. And so we call that the no compromise glove. Um, and I apologize, I realized I didn't actually go into the features of all what, what the original gig gloves were. Yeah, you want me to do that now? Yeah, yeah, could you, yeah, just so what, what are the, the basic feature or the features of the original glove and then go into if Onyx, aside having being all matte black, has any added features and obviously thermos, the, the layer of warmth. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and sorry about going out of order here. That's okay, that's right. Um, so the, the original gig gloves, the whole idea was that, um, like I mentioned earlier, we want you to be able to have a work glove that you can keep on your hands the entire time you work. You want to keep your hands protected and safe the entire time. So what you've got, and again, you can go to our website, gig-gear.com to look at the pictures while I'm talking about this if you want. But on the back of the hand, you've got that TPR material that covers the back of the hands and fingers and all the spots where you're normally going to bang your hands up while you're moving equipment around. Yeah, uh, That's sitting on top of a mesh material, which allows your hands to breathe. Uh, a lot of gloves um, can be bulky or like leather gloves. There's no, there's no uh, breathability with that. Our mesh allows moisture and sweat to just wick out constantly while you're working so your hands don't get sweaty. Um, there's a neoprene wrist cuff for stability. Just keep the glove on your hand and keeps it from sliding off. On the palm side, there's a, it's, a, uh, it's a synthetic leather uh, bottom layer. On top of that, you've got padded grip material that serves both as obviously to help you keep good hold of the equipment that you're moving, as well as protect your palms when you are lifting heavy equipment. Um, and then our, our biggest claim to fame is, is our fingertips. The first three fingers actually have removable uh, fingertips where you can just pop your fingers out. That way, all of those fine motor tasks that you need to perform where normally with other gloves, you need to pull them out. With our gloves, you just pop your fingers out, do what you gotta do. And the cool thing is that the backs of them, they don't flip back all the way. They actually stay straight up. So that way, when your fingers are out of the glove, they're still protected from behind from the TPR on the back of the glove. Um, and then lastly, all five fingers will actually work with a touchscreen right through the fabric. Nice. So we, we really tried to make it where um, there's almost absolutely no need to have to take your gloves off while you're working um, on the job. And that's the idea. So the Onyx gloves were, like I said, were exactly the same, but we changed the TPR to be matte finished, completely black, non-reflective. Um, and also in the second iteration, I, I mentioned that we initially started with just two pairs. Well, eventually we expanded out to, I'm sorry, two sizes. We eventually expanded out to six sizes from extra small to double XL. Okay. Uh, and we also, uh, after getting customer feedback on the initial version, we changed some things up. We added some things. Uh, one of the particular things that we did was on the, on the opening of the fingertips on the original version, like if you would hyperextend your hand a little bit, it would kind of leave a gap where a bit of your actual finger was exposed. Uh -huh. So we fixed that and we actually came up with a, a way to do it um, where um, <clears throat> the, the fabric actually tucks inside the, the fabric that covers the rest of the finger, um, which no other gloves do where, where they have removable fingers. Um, 
we also added hooks so that you can uh, snap them together when you're done. So if, when you do eventually take them off, you can hang them off of a carabiner or a belt loop or whatever so you don't lose one. Little Got things it. like that. Cool. And then, like I mentioned, thermogig gloves, um, you know, they have all the same features, but with an internal layer of fleece. And all three of them come in six sizes. And uh, yeah, and they're, they're great. People love them. We're, we're, I believe people are wearing them on all six, well, six out of the seven continents in the world right now. We've got people wearing big gloves. So I'm Sweet. hoping to get somebody in Antarctica one day. <laughs> um, so the thermo gig gloves, do they have the same concept? The, the three, the thumb and the two uh, index and pointer finger have the removable yep. layers as well? They're still removable. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and none of the fingers is exposed. You can have a hyperextended finger, so everything really stays covered. So, yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's completely sealed, but, you know, the cold doesn't really creep in. So on any of the, uh, what, what's the, you said above the neoprene and the, the protective layer on, on the outside of the gloves is made of what again for the protection? On, on, the, on the back of the hand, it's yes. a mesh material, which means that allows for breathability. Right. On the, on the palm side of the hand, the, you know, the basic layer is a synthetic leather. Um, it's, it's thin enough, but still tough that it'll last a long time. And that was another feature of our gloves. You know, one of the things I show people when we do trade shows is that I could, you know, with the glove on, I could still stick my hand into my pocket in my jeans and pull out a dime or a key or a quarter. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that people are, you know, if you're, even if you're not going into your pocket, if you've got a tool belt or something, you know, getting into a smaller pocket of that, of that tool belt or pouch, you don't want to have to take your gloves off every time you need to do that. So that's another feature is that they're still slim enough that you can utilize them when you got to get them into small spaces. So when you and I spoke at Infocom uh, recently and you are showing the gloves in this other product we'll talk here about soon, um, I didn't get a chance to make your booth. You actually came to me. So I, I'm not sure how your, your booth typically uh, is laid out and the demonstrations you give other than what you've just described. But do you ever have like, a, like at the booth, maybe on the table, or you may have like a, a bunch of random screws or something like that where you can show like the versatility of the gloves not really having to remove them or maybe sometimes or at least you know if you needed to where you can pull the fingers off maybe even have uh competitors gloves laid out if they want to try with the competitors to try and do a simple task right like you know either using tools picking up uh, some hand thumb screws uh touching and working on a rack in in a competitor's glove versus yours so that's actually one of the things that we're working on is uh our booth has been pretty basic um, up until now uh, basically, you know, we've got some signage. Uh, everybody who's working the booth is wearing the gloves, and we demo them just by showing the features, and then we allow people to try them on. One of the things that we're working on is having a more interactive aspect, kind of what you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, where people can put the gloves on and see uh, how much easier it would be for them to use our gloves while they're on the job, as opposed to using e either what they are using or or maybe they don't wear gloves because of the fact that they don't like. Um, the limitations that they have with them on, and maybe they could then see how they would be able to do all that work with our gloves on and see that it's actually not cumbersome at all. Um, with regards to competitors, there aren't actually too many uh, companies out there um, that make gloves specifically for production professionals. In fact, there's only two others that I'm aware of. Um, and what we offer, uh, and uh, you know, I don't necessarily have to mention names, but what we offer is there's, there's at least here in the US, there's one company that is uh, manufactured over in Europe, and then they're imported here. And they're very high quality and good gloves, but the, the, the two things that make them tough for people to kind of invest in them is A, the cost, they're, they're high priced because of the fact that they're uh, 
uh, made over in Europe and then imported here. So there's you know, yeah. everything added on to that. Um, but they also make very task specific gloves um, from what I've noticed. So they're really designed for working in one particular area. As okay, right. They all. Um, and so, and then gig gear is, is really designed to kind of encompass everything you would do on, on a job site. Exactly. And then our price points are also really kind of, you know, you would look at our glove and you would, you would basically say, wow, that's, you know, a high quality pair of gloves. And then you'd right. I would think. Kind of like, oh, wow, that's actually, most people say that's less than what I thought I'd have to pay. So. Okay. Kind of hit the mark in that sense. More cost effective, more versatile versus just very task oriented. Whereas one pair may be very specific to a task and. If you wanted to do something different than that, you go get a different set of gloves. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I guess my question is, well, what I asked about the demonstration were the competitors' gloves. I didn't necessarily mean a direct competitor uh, of, oh, of, of what you. Yeah, like because like when you, you when I first talked, I think we mentioned uh, you know like the gloves that I've used in the past. They're like, oh, I went down to you know a big box store and I grabbed a pair of gloves that didn't work. I I got rid of them. I, I tried something else. They're too bulky. Didn't work. Uh, I cut the fingers off instantly just because I know in the past that, you know, these yeah, are going to be too yeah. bulky. I can't, I can't use my, my digits. It's not working. Then it becomes cold. Uh, then I've tried other ones where they were just too thin. There wasn't enough protection. You know, it's like wearing a layer of nothing. So you've gone through quite a bit of stuff, but they weren't, none, none of them were really designed uh, for this space. They're, they're more just kind of a general, eh, they work, but it, like you said, they don't typically go in your pocket and eventually they just come off. So mm -hmm. They, yeah, so address, they aren't really designed for that. No, to address your question, I think, I, again, I, like I said, we're, we're working on having a more, um, a, a booth where people can actually utilize the gloves as opposed to just try them on and see the features. But yeah. Hey, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just head out to one of those big box stores, buy a few pairs of bulky or thin gloves and let people put those on and see how it feels as well. Uh, yeah, just to kind of see. I think when, uh, as soon as you and I talked about that, you'd mentioned, you know, oh, you know, go to the store, you pick up a pair of gloves and then, you know, as soon as you started talking, like, I know exactly what we're going to say, because I've done this a handful of times because I couldn't, I couldn't find a pair of gloves that's going to work. Or I knew instantly that well, as soon as I bought these new gloves, I couldn't use my fingers. So they were gonna have to cut the tips off or, uh, remove them for small finite details for screws on a rack or, or tiny little screws or, or small little things where I needed to hold tiny little, uh, pieces mm -hmm. of hardware that just, uh, wouldn't, I just couldn't do properly with the gloves that I had been using that weren't really aimed for this industry. So I, I just instantly knew that your gloves were, were a better solution or a solution that didn't, uh, we didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and listen, Johnny, I like the way you think, you know, you came up with a nice idea there. So if you ever want to work at our booth, <laughs> you're welcome to come by, but I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll come by and say, have you ever tried this? But yeah, you know, we, we that, that's a great idea. We could throw some things on. Um, after, sorry, hold on one second. I'm yeah, sorry. no worries. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening right now, if you haven't caught on by now, you should head over to www.gig-gear.com. Although, do you really need the W's anymore? I don't know. I think that really depends on your web code or whether or not. Again, head over to gig-gear.com. Check out the gloves we've been speaking of. You have the original, which is now in version two. You've got the Gig Gloves Onyx, which are uh, all blacked out, matte, no reflective gear, no white annoying tags or bright uh, annoying labels, all black. And then the Thermo Gig Gear gloves to uh, to give you the extra added layer of uh, warmth if you're working outside. 
I think that's the pair for you. Um, now, when you and I spoke over at Infocom, you had a new device, I think, that at the time was just launching and, and probably now is in full production and ready to launch, uh, or if it hasn't been launched. Uh, why don't you tell us about this new device you have? Yeah, that is the, the new two-hand touch. And you know, earlier in the, in the interview, I mentioned that I kept a list of things, of products that I assumed somebody would eventually get around to. Well, the gloves moved to the top, but the second thing on that list was um, a device exactly like the two-hand touch. And what the two-hand touch is, is um, again, not rocket science. It's, an, it's a harness that you wear across your chest and over your shoulders yeah. that holds an iPad or any other tablet. And the idea was simple. I mentioned that I, I did a lot of um, you know, live sound. Um, and within the last uh, you know, eight to 10 years, remote mixing has become probably one of the biggest uh, advances in, that, in, in technology within the live sound space and, and live mixing in general, especially for people that are you know, doing mobile setups every day. Um, and very often in a lot of locations, the front of house person has to kind of be in not, not necessarily a front of house position. So until, you know, up until about 10 years ago, you were at the, the, the board, you'd have to get away from the main board, go out into the room, listen, run back to the board, make your adjustments, run out of there, listen, and run back. Yep. Really not the ideal way to do it, but you have no other choice. Suddenly we've got this technology where we can remote mix uh, over Wi-Fi with an iPad. Unbelievable, change the game. But here's the problem. Holding an iPad for a very long period of time gets to be cumbersome, your arm gets tired, it's really not ergonomic. Um, you end up having to put it down, you drop it, you misplace it, someone else picks it up. Um, and then even outside of the you know, live mixing space, so many different industries have people using iPads these days and where you're carrying them around uh, with an AV, especially if you're if you've just completed an install and you've got a tuner room. Um, or if you're working in a very large venue and you've got to walk around um, modifying and doing systems control within that space. Very often it can be done wirelessly on an iPad, but again, yeah. you keep hearing from people that they're complaining that you know having to hold that iPad gets very tiring. Two-hand touch, very simply, allows you to wear that iPad right in front of you, direct line of sight, flips out, um, and you can, the reason we call it two-hand touch is you can then use the apps that you're using with both hands um, especially in live mixing, you can kind of you can mix on that app with both hands like you would on a regular board. And when you don't need it, you just you know kind of flip it back up against your chest. Um, it filters down, it's out of the way, so you have both hands available to do any other work that you need to do. It's right on the center of gravity of your body. You know, it's very lightweight; you don't feel it, um, and it, it's going to change the way that people are working um, now that iPads have become so ubiquitous within production and installation. Um, and so the two-hand touch, we have two models, one that holds the traditional iPad size, the 1.7-inch, and then we also have one that holds the iPad Pro, the 12.5-inch. Uh, additionally, inside there are numerous additional elastic straps that can hold other size tablets as well. So you're really not limited to just the, uh, you know, the iPad. Uh, you can hold smaller size tablets in each of those as well. So in addition to the iPad, it looks like it's got a few other pockets for accessories uh, and you're showing actually like one, uh, which would fall in with the, the live installed and sound staging uh, microphone where you got a pocket, you got a little sleeve area where you can slide in a mic. Uh, if you're walking around, you can even test audio, right? That would be good for installers or Absolutely. if you're an MC or your guy on the side, you want to fill in, run around, you can hand people mics. 
uh, other pockets for maybe other tools, other testing equipment, depending on what you got. But it, I like that it's more than just the iPad holder, not that that alone isn't a unique application that nobody else is doing and very useful, which it is. Uh, but it, you're also giving a few extra areas to, for for comfort and uh, and uh, tools, if you will, to, to kind of carry around. Yeah, yeah, those pockets are really useful. Um, and we made those elastic sleeves large enough to, to hold even a... Uh, Know, a wireless handheld mic, which the body of that is much a bit wider than a traditional wire handheld mic. Yeah. Uh, and again, the reason for that is, you know, very often you've got people who are within a larger space or a larger venue and they're, you know, communicating with other people through the house system. Yeah. Uh, so they're carrying a wireless microwave. So you don't necessarily have to either carry that or, you know, you can put away your cargo shorts or cargo pants, even if the slide does handheld mics down into the side of your cargo pockets there and you stick it in the sleeve it's easily accessible um and like you said we've got a pocket that's large enough to hold either a radio for communications or a tv meter light meter um and then smaller tools we've also got a couple of little tabs on the side of the, of the harness that can hold additional things you can put the carabiner on there and then kind of have other little tools um hanging off of it so we really went the extra mile to make sure that can become as useful as possible so that you don't need to be running back and forth um, and putting things down when you don't need them. You got a place to store them. Okay, so what's next for the company? Um, well, our, 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 our mission is to make the jobs of, of people who work in production um, easier, safer, more efficient, and more fun. That's our goal. Okay. Um, so when we, we do all these trade shows, um, it's very funny because the vast majority of them, if not all of them, are tech, highly tech-focused shows. Yeah. Um, you know, all the brightest new gadgets and, and, and devices, lights and buttons and all that. Um, and yet we come in with, you know, incredibly low-tech, if not no-tech products. Yet our booth is always slammed with people. Um, and the reason is, I think that, you know, when... When somebody sees something that they know is going to make their job easier, they're immediately attracted to it. If they see something that they just get and they understand, then they understand why it's 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 important to them um, and how it's going to help them. So um, we're going to stay on that path. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not saying we might never, you know, come out with some uh, more tech-focused product, but we're constantly looking into how we can create products that will make the work of the people, human beings, actual human beings that have to do this work, how can we make their jobs and their lives easier and better in what they're doing? So I can't give you any hints as to, you know, what upcoming products we've got. That's right. But the path that we're on takes us into the idea of, you know, creating products for the people that are doing the work, yep. not necessarily the systems that the people are installing. Let's put it that way. Understood. Yeah, that makes sense, right? You know, products for the for the uh, installers of the world, for the for the the men, women, and children, and all the people in between that are that are actually building these systems and working on them and and uh, and out there every day on their nine to five grind or whatever shift you may have. But uh, that's right. Functional tools, hardware devices that enhances our jobs, makes them easier, more doable, and allows us to actually get the work done. Right, and hopefully faster and safer, you know? Yeah. Uh, who doesn't want that? Exactly. So uh, really quick, uh, we'll run out the show here, but the last question is, so for uh, I mentioned Infocom. That's where I saw you. That's where I met. That's where we spoke. 
what other shows can we find Gig Gear products at? Sure, throughout the year, um, you can find our products, like I mentioned, the NAM show. You go to AES Audio Engineering Society, USITT, uh, that's the theater tech show, NAB, Infocom. Um, we, do, we do a couple of other smaller shows sometimes um, within uh, the theater tech space or, or theater education so that we can get our products into the hands of the TV yeah. technical directors at programs uh, within colleges and universities and even high schools. Um, trying to think what else we do. Uh, LDI, which is the Lighting and Design International Show. Still in um, Vegas? Yep. Well, they go, yes, still in Vegas. Yes. Sorry. I was just going to say they go back and forth between Las Vegas and Florida, but no, that's Infocom. <laughs> Sorry. You can tell how many shows they do. No, it's okay. It's quite all right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, for everyone who is interested either in becoming a dealer, buying the product, learning more about the product, uh, they want to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do any or all of that? Sure. Well, you can always reach us through our website. Uh, www.gig-gear.com. Okay. Uh, we also have plenty of social accounts, um, and all of them are just at LLC. So facebook.com backslash LLC, um, and on Twitter and Instagram at LLC. Perfect. Uh, again, everyone head over to the website, which was mentioned a few times, but I'll say it one more time, www.gig-gear.com. Although, do we need the Ws? Maybe? Yes? I don't know. Uh, try it. Try it one way or the other. I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll end up at gig-gear.com. It's the right website. You got the two-hand touch. We got the gig gloves. You've got different sizes, shapes, functions. I'm imagining soon there will be some new options that Danny can't quite tell us yet, but I'm sure at the top of those lists that he's created across his year of experience in this AV world, there are some ideas that are that will be coming to fruition. But again, head over to gig-gear.com. Check out their social sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at LLC. Anyone have any questions for me? You can email me directly at johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, at ravepubs.com. I'm at J-M-O-T-A-3, that's Johnny, or J for Johnny, M-O-T-A-3 on most sites, or just Google my name, something will come up, hopefully good, if it's bad, whoops, but uh, send me an email, I, if you want to be on the show, let me know, I appreciate it. Danny, thank you so much for sharing your wonderful inventions with us and your time, and uh, as uh, you have more to offer and you have some more ideas, some advancements on your products, uh, the company expands or we just see you at another show. I'd love to have you back to talk more about them. I'd love that. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Everyone, this has been AV Insider, a show sponsored by Tascam.